Hey. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, man. How are you? Right on. So, I guess it's my turn. I'll introduce us. I'm Will Barricat, and uh, that there is uh, James Degro. Hey. And uh, we've got an exciting show for you today. Uh, so, this is, do you know anything about the uh, 1991 North Hollywood uh, Bank of America um, kerfuffle? Is this the one that, that they call, like, the Hollywood shootout? It is. That okay. is exactly the one that, uh, that they're this, talking about, I think. This is kind of the one that, like, I wanted to research, like, to do this podcast. Like, this, this is the one I feel like I saw, you know, on, like, Discovery Channel a long time ago. And, uh, yeah, it was just crazy. I, I know there was, like, a lot of helicopter footage. Oh, yeah, it was, it was great. And, um... This one definitely, I remember growing up, like, World's Wildest Police Videos or whatever with, uh, who was it, John Walsh, and this was always on it, on the on the best ones, and it was super exciting, it was uh, really interesting, and it was, it was crazy, because normally it's like, you know, the cops are chasing a guy, and they end up spinning him out, whatever, and then they, you know, shoot him or, you know, jump on him and beat the crap out of him, and this one went a little differently, so... Yeah. So, so you did the research for this one. Did did they have like a plan of like how to not they die? That's the end they, of the story, right? They they did have a plan actually, um, and and I'll uh, get into that. I'll I'll just go ahead and start. Um, I ruined it already. Oh no, no, it's <laughs> it's it's interesting. So it was these two guys. Um, one of them is uh, Larry Eugene Phillips Jr. Uh, it was born in 1970, and Decibal Stefan Emilian, known as Emil Matetserenu, um, from Romania, born in 1966. And they met at uh, Gold's Gym in Los Angeles, and they were big into uh, bodybuilding and firearms. So, you know, manly stuff. Yeah. Um, and before meeting... Um, uh, Mets and Emil, um, was, a he was an electrical engineer and he ran a computer repair business, but I guess it wasn't doing too well. Um, and Phillips there, there was a lot more information about Phillips background. Uh, he was a habitual offender. They say, um, he was wanted for real estate scams and shoplifting, um, cause that was during the, you know, real estate boom. I think he was, uh, wanted in Denver as well as, uh, uh, he got into some trouble in California. His dad was actually also, um, a fugitive from the law. Uh, he, I think escaped from jail, um, and ran to California with his girlfriend who he got knocked up while he was on the run. And this was back when you could pretty much, if you went to another state, they were never going to find you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, um, so go ahead. Are, are two white guys, or are they like first generation immigrants? Or no, they're well. The one guy is uh, is I mean, yeah, they're both white. The one guy was from Romania, so I mean, that's okay. about as white as you can get. Um, and then the, and other, the other guy, yeah, was was white. He's the apple that fell from the tree. The shit tree. Yeah. 
And uh, so um, the, uh, what is it? Uh, they, they got into some trouble uh, before this one, after they started working together. Um, one, of the, one of the things I heard too uh, was a, a profiler talking about how, you know, the, uh, the one guy, Phillips, was the, uh, was the mastermind. Um, and Emil was kind of the follower. So Phillips was, I guess, a very manipulative person who, you know, once he, he tried to get people into a circle and use them to his ends. That's everyone he hung out with. The, the habitual offender. Yeah. Yeah. So he was probably not a very stand up character. Um, not not the kind of person you'd want your daughter dating or something like that. Well, those kinds of people are just so manipulative uh manipulative yeah he definitely was that like have you ever been around somebody like that you just know is just a really horrible somewhat dangerous person and they just it's just a different vibe that they give off yeah definitely and a lot of people who are you know insecure which i'm guessing a lot of people in the bodybuilding community are not not everyone um is you know, if someone's insecure, they're probably more likely to seek acceptance of somebody like that. And they're a better, tar- you know, the average person, it's probably going to set off red flags and they're going to steer clear of that person after a few encounters. Um, but somebody who's, you know, susceptible to manipulation is probably going to fall right into his trap. That's why I don't go to gyms. I just stay home by myself because I'm really sure of myself. There you, know you go. That's a, that's a winning strategy. Plan. Um, so... These guys got in some trouble um, together, and uh, on July 20th of 1993, the pair robbed an armored car um, outside of uh, First Bank in Littleton, Colorado. Um, now, they ambushed the armored car drivers. They just shot one of them. Uh, I think the other one survived. One of them died. Oh, wow. And they just grabbed the money and left. Um, Damn. Say again? That damn. <laughs> yeah. So they they yeah. were not messing around. Um, and then this is crazy. This, this kind of has the beginning, kind of like the British one. Yeah. But a very different ending. So on, on October 29th, 1993, um, they were arrested in Glendale, uh, which is a suburb of Los Angeles, for speeding. And so they searched the car and... Phillips surrendered a concealed weapon. I think he had a Glock. Um, the cops found two semi-automatic rifles, two handguns, uh, more than sixteen ra- or sixteen hundred rounds of uh, seven six two by thirty nine uh, millimeter ammunition. That's for uh, AK forty seven, and then um, more than twelve hundred rounds of nine millimeter and forty five ammunition. They found radio scanners. They found smoke bombs. They found an improvised explosive device, uh, which I couldn't figure out exactly what that was. They found body armor vests, three different California license plates. And in during the trial, I guess the guys stayed completely silent. They wouldn't admit to anything. Um, so they were charged with conspiracy to commit robbery, but I guess that didn't stick. Uh, so they were, I think, charged with public mayhem or something like that. And they served 100 days in jail and like 70 days in jail. And I think it was pretty much time served. And then they were placed on probation for three years. And then after their release, they sued to get their property back. And so almost all of their property was returned to them, 
except for the confiscated firearms and explosives. <laughs> so, and I, I heard another account where they did get the guns back. Um, My fucking jaw is, like, powerless. Well, th- this is America, you know? Innocent <laughs> until proven guilty. And also, don't, don't, take, don't take the fucking guns. Um, which, I mean... So, if I got if I got pulled over for speeding and had my guns taken, I'd want to get them back. But then again, I probably wouldn't be going to rob a bank. So, well, you, you I mean, we've we've gone to a to a, a shooting range before, and like you know, we, so we've they had firearms in the vehicle, but like we didn't have body armor and smoke grenades and weapons of public mayhem, whatever. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, but. That was ninety three. That was nineteen ninety three. Yes, and, they, and they... laws were a little bit more relaxed back then. Um, it was still a kinder, gentler time in America's history. Um, so, and this actually had a little bit to do with the changing of those laws. Yeah. Oh, that's why this is so interesting. There must be so much information on this. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the next one. Um, I don't know if they actually killed the the guards on the last uh, car armored car robbery. Because um, in 1995, on June 14th, they ambushed a Brinks car in Winnetka. I think that's in Washington. I'm not sure. Um, and they killed a guard and seriously injured the other. So I think that's the one I was thinking of. So these guys were up to, I guess, habitual no good. Um uh-huh. In May of 1996, they robbed two branches of Bank of America in the San, in the San Fernando Valley, uh, which is uh, inland and I think a little south or north of Los Angeles. Okay. Um, and then they managed to steal about one and a half million dollars. And wow. after that, they were dubbed the High Incident Bandits by investigators because they, they did the same thing. They'd walk into the uh, branch and... They'd shoot their, their AK-47s into the ceiling and threaten everybody. And then they would shoot the, uh, on one of them anyway, they shot the bullet-resistant glass that was, you know, to guard against, like, small caliber ammunition, like handgun rounds. Right. And, uh-huh. But they, they'd pump an AK-47 into it and shatter it, and then they'd get into the back and get into the vault and take the, uh, take the money. They did a pretty good job, too, because they, they definitely watched the banks and made sure they knew exactly when the cash was going to be there. So they, they had a pretty good haul. And the fact that they kept doing this makes me kind of think that they weren't necessarily trying to be bank robbers. I think they might have been a little bit suicidal about it, just trying to keep going and going and go out in a blaze of glory, see how long they could do it before they got caught, because they weren't being smart about it. Um, they just kept getting lucky. This was like their, their MO. You, I yeah, guess. this was their MO. So, so the way that they went down in the future of this story in LA is like the same tactic that they've done all these other bank robberies with. Yeah. So they were known, um, I mean, not their identities, but like the cops knew there were these two guys that would just roll up into a place and either, you know, uh, shoot the armored car drivers or walk into a bank and shoot the ceiling, put everyone on the ground, um, be very, I guess, violent in their assault. They weren't, they weren't the kind of people that would walk into 
walk into a bank. I've heard of a lot of people walking up to the teller, handing them a note. They may not even have a gun that said this is the robbery. They take the $10,000 or whatever was in the till and then walk away. Um, and a lot of times people didn't even know the bank was being robbed. And a lot of those people managed to get away. So is that is that how people get away with bank robberies like in modern times? Because that's still a thing. And I mean, I go yeah, to- yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they do. Robbing a bank is probably not a very good idea because since the money's federally insured, I think it automatically gets the FBI involved. Oh, uh, so, yeah, you'd, you'd be, I don't know, maybe white collar crime or rob drug dealers. Um, yeah, there's probably better, easier ways to go about it than robbing a bank. But I'm I'm not a bank robber, so I don't know. These dudes had a crazy way to do it, though. These dudes did. These dudes went balls to the walls. They did not care. Um, And so the big one happened on, uh, when was that? It was in uh, 1997. um, I seem to have misplaced the date on that. Mother of But it happened in 1997. They uh, rolled up to the Bank of America in North Hollywood. Um, They got there at 9.17 in the morning. And they each took a muscle relaxant. They took like phenobarbital, I think it was. Um, so they were pretty mellow. Um, yeah. They weren't going to panic or anything. And it also kept them going after they got shot. Um, so they synchronized their watches before entering the bank. Uh, they entered the bank and they had the watches actually sewed into, um, into their gloves and I think they got the idea for that from Heat, uh, which is a it's a good movie. You should see it if you haven't. Um, I I I I started a heist podcast and I haven't watched fucking Heat. So <laughs> it's, really, it's on my list. There's a oh couple. man, that's like the heist movie. It's got all the stars. It's got what De Niro, Pacino, um, probably some other people. I imagine it would have Val Kilmer in it just because he was in everything back then. Ooh. I'm just making that up. I don't know, but he probably is. Um, anyway, to. these guys walk into the bank, order everyone to get on the floor, and shoot uh, a bunch of rounds into the ceiling from an AK-47. Um, they what? had crazy like drum magazines and stuff, right? Oh, I'll get into that. I'll get oh. into exactly what they had. Yeah. Um, they then uh, walk in, shoot the bulletproof door um, <clears throat> that gave access to the bank teller's vault. And they busted it open just like they had in the previous robberies. Uh, they forced the tellers to fill their bags with money from the safe, but they realized there was less uh, money than they thought. Um, after the last couple of robberies, the banks had changed their, uh, their policy. So what they thought was a drop-off was actually a pickup because they weren't keeping nearly as much money on hand because they thought it was going to get jacked by these guys, and they were right. So they uh, only managed to get $303,305, which is about a little less than half of the $750,000 they were expecting. Um, Emil got upset and emptied a 75-round drum into the uh, wall of the vault and destroyed quite a bit of the money. Oh um, <laughs> and so these guys they they had synchronized their watches um and the reason was they were trying to get in and out in eight minutes which was the average police response time then gotcha uh, but two police officers who were just on a routine patrol 
saw them entering the bank wearing ski masks and body armor and carrying their rifles with, you know, attached drum magazines. Oh. They called for backup and uh, sat outside the bank. And so by the time they got out, the bank was surrounded. Um, the cops ordered them to surrender and they chose the other option. Oh. So the... Yeah. What they were armed with was they had some uh, Norinco Type 56 S1s, um, which is a Chinese uh, AK-47 variant. Um, it shoots a 7.62 by 39 cartridge, and they were fully automatic. Um, they had one Bush, uh, Bushmaster XM-15 E2S dissipator, uh, which had a 16-inch barrel, um, and a uh, false gas block on the front with a 20-inch, uh, or a sight out of 20-inch. And uh, the real gas block was in the carving position under the rifle. Uh, had fires the 223 or 556 five, round. And this one was uh, modified to fire fully automatic. Um, they also had a Heckler & Koch HK-41 which fired a 7.62 by 51 millimeter NATO round. Um, and that is a much beefier rifle. I think this one was also uh, fully automatic. So um, this, this is like, this is a time where, where police really don't like, did they have even semi-automatic yet? Like, um, so, so what the police had was they had, um, fuck, I feel let's so see, different. Beretta nine millimeter handguns. Okay. Uh, Smith and Wesson 38 revolvers, um, which is like that one we took to shoot at the range that uh, you were pretty good with, except it had a little longer barrel. Um, and some of them had uh, 12 gauge Ithaca shotguns in their car. That's, um, that's the, the the picture that I have in my mind is just cops with like revolvers and shotguns behind their doors of their 97 cars. Yeah. Yeah. And. So Fuck these it. guys, all, these guys had uh, fifty and a hundred round magazines for their rifles, um, but they also had uh, homemade heavy plated body armor, which they they'd uh, custom made themselves. Wow! Um, and the like, the cops didn't have anything that could get through it. Um, one of them was wearing uh, forty two pounds of body armor, Phillips. And uh, he was covered head to toe, like his legs were armored, um, everything except his face pretty much was armored. And uh, Emil also had um, custom made steel trauma plates all around his sides. So even when the SWAT team showed up and when the uh, cops, the cops did end up going down to a place called B&B Guns down the street and got five AR-15s and ammo. Yeah. And so they they used those after, you know, I think 30 minutes of the shootout to uh, finally try and take down the guys. But even those couldn't go through the uh, couldn't go through the plates that they had on their chest. Well, they probably had maybe tested it with like their high powered rifles. Uh, Could be. I mean, they they definitely knew what they were doing. Um, And so they. Oh, man. Yeah, this this was just crazy. So they start, they get out, and they just start shooting at the cops. I mean, they're just spraying uh, at the cops, and the cops 
can't do anything. There's a, uh, a key a locksmith kiosk across the street, and four cops hide behind that. And one one of the cops, there's interviews with most of these cops. Um, yeah. One of the cops uh, pops out around the corner and makes eye contact with this guy, shoots him in the torso with a shotgun, expecting him to go down. And the guy just kind of stumbles, looks at him, and then just starts spraying the kiosk. And the cop was, you know, freaked out. He had no That's... idea, like, why the guy didn't go down. He said it was something out of a nightmare. Right. Um, and him and another cop shielded, actually, a couple of detectives with their bodies because they were wearing body armor. Um, but these guys were using uh, steel case um, ammunition for their AK-47s. So that was going clear through the Crown Vicks and anyone on the other side, regardless of the armor they were wearing. Wow. Uh, so they ended up, yeah, they, they messed up the cops pretty good. Um, eventually, they had their getaway car and one of them drove the car. I think it was Emil driving the car in Phillips was walking next to it. They were going really slow, and he was just spraying uh, drum after drum over it. Uh, the police helicopters and news helicopters started swooping in low watching him. They shot at the helicopters until the helicopters had to back off. Um, they shot at any cops they saw behind the cars, and they hit most of them. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was just uh, pandemonium. Uh, there was also some interviews with the police dispatchers who were saying they they kept getting a report of officers down or an officer down in different locations. And so they they were like, why, why can't you get the location right? What's going on? So finally, one of them gets on and says, well, all right, I'm hearing like five different locations for uh, an officer down. Where where are they? We were not sure which one. And someone got on the radio and said they're. Uh, all of them, you know, there's multiple officers down and everyone listening to the uh, police radio was like, oh, oh, shit. You know, they're kind of panicking because they're not used to this. They're used to people grabbing the money and trying to get away. And these guys didn't try and get away. They stayed and fought it out with the cops and they were winning. That's uh, good. I said, that's insane. I so, uh, Right now, this episode makes me wish podcasting was a visual medium sometimes because I- my fucking face right now is is melted, basically. I mean, oh man! Um, so there, officers... there are so many different uh, videos that you can find on YouTube of this. I highly recommend anyone checking it out. They've got it from the air. They've got it from the ground. Um, and there were tons of cop cars. You know, Los Angeles yeah. has a lot of police presence and. You know, everyone around uh, pretty much tried to tried to come, so it was it was pretty serious. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how many um, how many cop cars got there, but in total, ten cops and uh, eight bystanders got shot, but wow. none of them died. Wow, that's incredible! I I for some reason I I thought that nobody else died, which I really thought was incredible, especially for it was. I'm- and I mean, getting hit with rifle rounds and a lot of people had really bad injuries. They'd been shot multiple times in the back and chest. Some people had um, one person had his femur shattered. It went in through his hip and shattered his femur. Oh. Yeah. So there were 
I think there were a lot of people that might have been medically retired after this one. Yeah. Oh man. So that was uh that was something. Um the cops pretty much uh cordoned off all of the side streets for probably, you know, the entire block or surrounding blocks. Um and it was it was just mayhem. So eventually the SWAT team was on an exercise. It took them I think 40 minutes or something to get there. What kind uh, of so they show up and they, you know, manage to um bring some heavier weaponry. So the two the two bank robbers end up splitting up. Uh and one of them um ran and uh let me see if I can find which one. Okay. So they they had their their watches sewn into their clubs and synchronized. They were trying to get this done in eight minutes. About how much time has passed now-ish? So now it's it's about thirty minutes uh, or so into the into the situation. Like the state with the police. Yeah, and they're 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 getting away at this point. They're uh, if they would have left faster, they probably could have gotten away. Um, but they had just kind of sl- they stop and go. Um, just walk down or go down the, uh, are you still there? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. My, my phone did something weird. I was like, Oh, I'm stuck. So yeah. they're just stop, stopping and going down the street. Like the guy's going at a walking pace in the car and the other guy's walking next to him. Yeah. I can do the cops. I, I kind of think this is what they wanted to do. Um, but eventually they end up splitting up. So uh, Phillips ends up running on foot, um, but he gets shot a couple times in, in the ass. And so he, he doesn't have drops his he drops his bag of uh, money and guns that he's carrying and shoots at uh, keeps shooting at the police, took cover behind a, uh, a semi truck. And his his rifle jammed and he couldn't clear it. So he pulled out a, a Beretta that he had and started shooting at the cops and was shot in the hand. Now, there's different accounts about what happened here. Yeah. But um, I, I watched the video and I couldn't tell. It looks to me like he dropped it or couldn't clear it and threw it at the ground. And it went off and shot him in the head. Um, Whoa. There, some, some people say he put it under his chin and shot himself in the head, but at the same time that he got shot in the head by that, um, a cop shot him in the back of the head. That makes me think that he might have already he might have shot himself in the head, and they walked up and shot him in the head afterwards just to be sure and didn't want to say it for you know liability purposes. Right. Um, but either way, he gets shot in the head at least once. And he's down. He's dead. Fuck. Yeah. And then the other guy, um, crazy Emil. Go ahead. It was just a crazy accident, really. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can you can find it online. Um, it's on YouTube. You can see what happened and judge for yourself what you think happened. Yeah. But yeah, basically, whatever happened, he just drops like a ton of bricks. So he did get shot in the head. Right. Um, I mean depending on whether or not you want to watch somebody die on the internet, uh, you may or may not want to check that out. 
Um, clips before, so. Yeah, it's the internet. Uh, the other guy ends up having to leave his car because it got the tires shot out. So he goes and tries to uh, carjack a 1963 Jeep Gladiator. Oh, my God. Um, I'm not sure what that is, so I had to look it up. <laughs> Old Jeeps are really cool. I don't know if you know this, but I have a 89 Jeep Comanche. That, um, like the, the pre, pre-90s Jeeps are amazing. They'll run forever. They're great vehicles. Anyway, he, he shot at the driver who just took off running. Um, so he threw all his guns into the car, but he couldn't, uh, he couldn't drive it because it was a stick shift and he didn't know how to drive stick. No. I also heard another report that he, um, that the driver, when he ran off, grabbed the keys and threw them. So, which sounds like the kind of person that was driving a 1963 yellow Jeep Gladiator would do. <laughs> um, so at that time, it's about 40, uh, 44 minutes into the, into the uh, incident, um, into the gunpowder-based dispute that they're having with the police. Jesus fucking Christ. And yeah, and so SWAT team shows up and shoots him twice in the chest. And he doesn't go down because he's wearing those trauma plates. Right. So he starts shooting at the cops. And they, he's shooting over a car. So the SWAT team, who show up in basically gym shorts and body armor because they were on a training exercise. So they're wearing these little short shorts. It's, yes, it's remember, a sight to see. I totally remember seeing that now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yep. So they pop down underneath the car and shoot him in the legs because he hadn't sewn armor into his legs. Um, so he ends up getting shot uh, something like 20 times. And the cops run up to him, pin him down, and ask him his name. And he asks, and so the cops ask him if there's any more suspects, to which he answers, fuck you, shoot me in the head. (laughs) So the cops aren't sure if there's any more suspects. So the ambulance shows up, but the cops don't let the ambulance get to him for 90 minutes, uh, by which time he is either dead or dies on the way to the hospital from blood loss. Wow. Because he has no, yeah, uh, he got shot in the thigh and I think it hit the femoral artery. And so he was bleeding pretty bad. Wow. Um, so over 300 cops from different agencies had responded to this by the time uh, it was over. It lasted 44 minutes and there's different accounts about how much ammo was, uh, was expended. Um, one, one account says that uh, the two men fired 1,100 rounds and the cops had fired about 650 rounds. Um, another account says that uh, a total of 2,000 rounds were fired um, in all. So That's incredible. Yeah, they... Uh, it was pretty crazy. And, I mean, it was still tense after that. It took 90 minutes for them to let the ambulance there because they didn't know if there was anyone else in the bank. I don't know if you saw the movie SWAT, but it was basically, I think it might have been kind of based on this, the opening scene uh, where there was a incident at a Bank of America and there's two guys outside and two guys inside. So they go get the guys outside, but then there's a hostage situation inside. And I think they kind of did that to make it look like 
the cops did the right thing by keeping the ambulance back. Uh, because... Uh, the CIA paid them. They must have. Right. Um, or the city of Los Angeles said, if you want to if you want to film here, you got to make our guys look like the good guys. But Emil's children uh, filed a lawsuit for wrongful death because they said that the cops purposely kept the ambulances back while uh, Emil was bleeding to death. Um, but, but... I know, I know. This is this is California. People are litigious, is what they do. I know. Um, besides police chases, I think uh, suing people is the national sport. So, mother of the uh, an investigation by the Times. It doesn't say what Times. I assume the Los Angeles Times uh, concluded that he would have survived his wounds if he had been treated, um, and that paramedics or police were responsible for his death. But a deadlock jury decided three to nine in the city and and the um in favor of the officers his kids uh were going to appeal but um the city threatened to counter sue for malicious prosecution so they dropped it i mean and ow. i yeah oh i know i'm stunned because you know like in in nowadays with you know all the uh, uh, there was that kid that was just shot in Sacramento, you know, and he was totally unarmed. But like, for somebody that's actually armed and like in a conflict with police for forty-five minutes, to for anybody to come to their fucking defense that the police let them die. I mean, I, I guess there's some kind of rule of uh, even like prisoner of war kind of thing where you have- well i mean you you gotta have uh, i'm kind of i'm kind of torn on that but i think you do need you still in theory we're supposed to have due process right right because what if it's what if it's someone that maybe didn't do something wrong the, the whole point is that the cops aren't the ones who are supposed to decide yes yeah you're right you're right but at the same time, he did bleed out while the cops were clearing the crime scene. So that that sounds to me like less of a cut and dry case of police execution. You're so 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 you're saying less of a. I'm I'm saying it, it doesn't sound like the cops just decided to kill him. It sounds like there's there's a good. Uh, no, they they were worried about protecting the the uh, the the paramedics. Yeah, exactly. Because, um, yeah, because so twenty five hundred rounds of fucking NATO ammunition had just been shot like into the building at the Taco Bell across the fucking street. Yeah, so if if there was another guy in the building who had something like that that was totally willing to shoot at cops and civilians and probably the paramedics, oh. I mean, this guy kind of made his choice when he decided to go for that, and yeah, I, you know. It's 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 not like he was completely innocent in that. There's there's plenty of video showing what he was doing. That's incredible. Yeah. So after that, there were some changes made. Um, cops started carrying anyone who's who's seen cop cars now has probably seen the cops carry. All cops had shotguns, and for a while, it was only people with special training would have a M16 or M4 in their car. Now it's pretty much every cruiser has one. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, they lock them right up front by the, like, gearbox and shit. Yeah, and so that's, you know, people are talking about militarization of the police forces. This is... This, 
this is one of the reasons why. Um, and also, it uh, it helped pass the uh, the assault rifle ban. Oh, okay. So this happened before that. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Uh, there's so much. There's so much fucking political uh, going on. There's different kinds of like this guy's act and this guy's act and this and then like. But yeah, I don't know. I can't keep them all straight. Too much NPR. Yeah. And I mean, regardless, um, it, uh, it doesn't really make much of a difference because whatever they were using was fully automatic, which is, uh, illegal federally without a special license, um, tax stamp, I think from the, uh, ATF. Yeah. That's so kinds of things. Those are like, you're talking about like 30 grand to get your hands on one of those with like an intense background check up your ass. Yeah, I think it's like a thousand dollar tax stamp for the uh, uh, I think it's the class three FFL. Um, and it, it is a, an intense background check. They there's a um, requirements for how secure it has to be. You basically have to have a bunker built into your house or something like it. And they can come and inspect all of your guns anytime with no warning if they want to. That's so as well as how they're being stored. So it is pretty serious and yeah it's it's not cheap in order to get one that's always been something that, that uh, what flavor uh vape you got today will oh we're still uh i was i was hoping that would be far enough away it's yam i am it's sweet potato pie flavored vape it might have been what i was smoking last time but the good news is i haven't smoked cigarettes for like two weeks dude that's awesome yeah good for you yeah, thank you. Still smoke cigars and hookah every once in a while. But... Well, I mean, there's some, there's some, I don't know, you know, I have an article somewhere that says, like, smoking a couple of hookah is, like, three packs of cigarettes or something like that, but. Yeah, but it's getting filtered through water, so I figure it's, uh, it's somehow better because that's how I justify it. That's how I smoke my weed. Well, there you go. And is it, is it healthier? I doubt it. I don't know. They, they, we need federal funding. We need legalization and federal funding so we can figure out if I'm going to die for smoking this stuff so much. <laughs> well, we're all going to die, so hey. you might as well do what makes you happy, right? I mean, Kurt Vonnegut said smoking smoking cigarettes was the most normal form of suicide. So, Well, there you go. That's crazy, though. That story, man. Yeah. Um, so do we have uh, do we have any other idea what's what's on the fire for our podcast? What do you mean, like what I'm thinking of doing next week, or what we should, or what next episode, or whatever? Yeah. Or oh, actually, um, if you're new to podcasts, you should definitely check out two podcasts that I like. Oh. Um, the Hardcore History Podcast is probably my favorite podcast ever. Yeah. That- so much material. And if you want to hear another good casual podcast, both both of these are done way better than ours. The Joe Rogan podcast I'm a big fan of. Oh, man. Because um, those guys make us look like amateurs. Maybe someday we'll start editing these or putting some production value into them. But for now, this is what you get. Well, it's basically like a, a phone call. Yeah, it's a, it's a conversation. It's a conversation that you all are lucky enough to be privy to. Yeah, thanks everybody so much for listening. Um, yeah, definitely thank you for listening. And uh, we 
we need to get a, a Facebook page or something set up so we can link to some of these videos. Well, actually, but- actually, I uh, when we started this, I got the um, apparently take the money and run is too long for most um, like handles. So I got the t- uh, at take the money Twitter. Uh, I'm sorry, take the money pod at take the money pod Twitter. And we're also at take the money pod on fucking Instagram. So, Dude. yeah. So that, I'm going to. That's only, what's up. The only thing I've done on either of those is uh, I followed Elon Musk on Twitter. Well, because you're he doing was, God's work. He was freaking out about um, we have to go to Mars because we're about to enter World War Three with russia and china and steel tariffs and shit so what's how's how's mars gonna help uh well no we have to colonize mars oh we have to get the fuck out that's what he's saying well you know what's gonna happen then is we're just gonna have an interplanetary war that's a crazy thought on second thought we totally should colonize mars because that sounds like it would make for a great podcast well have so, have you read any Kurt Vonnegut? Oh, I love Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, okay. So, you've read Sirens of Titan? Um, I'm not sure if I read that one. Which one uh, was that? Like having a pod, po, uh, a fucking heist podcast and never seeing the movie Heat. <laughs> oh, yeah? It's, well, it's just really good. But in it, um, there's, a, there's like a colonization of Mars. And uh, um, basically somebody in it kind of like makes it happen and they come and invade the earth and so like the earth um like a ronald reagan you know star wars kind of horse shit like where they say you know we you you'd be really surprised how fast like north korea and us would be hanging out if there were actual aliens invading our planet so like they have a a, a martian invasion which is really just transplants from earth Oh, so they were faking the Martian invasion to get people to um, to get on the same page. You explain things so much better than I do. Well, that's, uh, that's why we have a podcast, is to explain things. But, um, yeah, what else? Um, I was trying to think of other things. Oh, oh, everyone should tell their friends about this podcast and tell them to listen. Yeah, I guess that's how this works, is we have to, like, we have to, yeah. Yeah, beg for uh, listens. Tell ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah, tell your friends. Tell your mom. Um, tell my mom's friends. Um, anything anything helps. Um, eventually, we're going to get on uh, more available uh, areas like iTunes. and. Oh, no, we already are. We already are. So, it takes Wait, two days for this. Are- yeah, it takes two days for it to go on. We're pretty much on everything where podcasts can be heard. So this one will be available. Uh, we're recording this on the 2nd of April. It should be available by the 4th. Oh, my God. I had yeah, no... Dude. Yeah. Oh, so excited. Yep. We're making oh, the big time. I, I, I can subscribe to us now. Oh, yeah. I'm subscribed on multiple devices. That's amazing. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to buy another device just to subscribe. Our number's up. There you go. Um, I guess I guess we have to ask for five star reviews. Because... Oh yeah, five star reviews and uh, and like reasons to listen, like words. You should write words about why we're cool. Yeah, yeah, sure. Do whatever, mom. 
listen, don't do it. Or if you do it, don't say you're my mom. I love you. <laughs> All um, right. That's uh, that's probably a good way as any to end the podcast. Oh, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking of, um, I, I had a really shitty response to, to my own question last, last episode where I asked you if you've ever stolen anything. I've totally stolen shit. I don't know why I fucking spaced so hard. Oh, would you still? Well, I, I'm very, I'm, I'm very spiteful of like, of like shitty employers. So I'll totally steal shit there. All right. Like not never, I've never stolen money. I'll say that. Like, I've never taken money out of the till. I've never done anything on camera. But, like, no, nah, I mean, you know, that little uh, exhaust fan from the hydroponic store might have gone missing, you know. <laughs> well, um, hopefully people will be able to uh, uh, subscribe in good enough numbers that we can use this to support ourselves. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't know how this is going to be to get a job after that. Well, I mean... That was well. Nobody's gonna fucking listen to this horse shit anyway. So, I also take extra, extra, extra forks from Panda Express every time I go. Oh, dude, that's that's a rebel. Yeah, I know. What do you do with them? Well, I I use them instead of doing dishes. Okay, that's that's pretty smart. (laughs) I was I was wondering if you built like a fork monster or something. No, no, that's what I do with all the napkins that I steal. Okay, okay. Cool. Well, all right, man. You got anything else? No. Um, let's try and do this in like a week. Uh, it's your turn. So find something cool, yeah. and we'll be back on. I think I have one lined up. I think it's going to be cool. It kind of might end in the same way, almost. All right. Well, I am excited. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to fucking uh, Take the Money and Run. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Take the Money Pod. Um, I'll start putting stuff up there soon. Uh, subscribe to us on fucking uh, iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Apparently, we're available. Give us a five-star rating if you enjoy this shit. And if you don't, uh, give a five-star rating and, and tell us uh, tell me something about my face you don't like. Whatever. Will, anything else from you? Nope. That's about it. Stay gangster. Cool guy.